Hey guys, it's time for another episode of Below the Iceberg, the one and only podcast where we talk to real life two comma club winners. Whether you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, wannabe entrepreneur, or you've been in business for a while, you're sure to pick up tiny tidbits of actionable advice from these million dollar entrepreneurs. Now, if you don't know what a two comma club winner is, it's where they've built one funnel inside the ClickFunnels software and sold $1 million through just that one funnel, which is absolutely a fantastic achievement. Now, in this episode, I am absolutely ecstatic to be talking with a young man who's catapulted himself literally in under four years to over 30 million in sales. He is our first 25x award winner from ClickFunnels on Below the Iceberg. Now this week's guest is Tanner Chidester and we chatted to find out how it all started for him, the struggles he's overcome and how he went from an Instagram model to a multi-millionaire business coach. Let's dive in and find out more. So welcome Tanner to Below the Iceberg. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. It's so awesome that you've taken some time out of your day to come and chat with me today. I am super excited. Oh, me too. I, I'm glad you're excited. It makes me, it makes me excited. So, <laughs> so first off, I want to congratulate you on your many Two Comma Club awards. Thank you. <laughs> I can see them on the back of your wall. So how many have you actually got? Oh, uh, we got six. Six regular ones, and then we got the 10x and whatever the other one's called, 25x or something. So yeah. 25x. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That is awesome. You've got to be our first one on Below the Iceberg with the 25x. Yeah, we're we I hopefully I, I think the I think we're eligible for the next one, but I have to check. But yeah, it's been it's been cool. I think Russell's really smart in doing that. It's you know, it's like one way that I guess entrepreneurs can brag a little bit and stuff. So, you know, it's how I got into internet marketing was ClickFunnels. So I'm, I'm really grateful for them. Yeah. So what I like to do with my guests is I like to go on your social profiles and do a little bit of investigating sure. and check out your stats. And then it's good for our listeners to see what people can achieve with big followings and small followings. Sure. Yeah. So this is what I found out about you. So Facebook followers about 17,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instagram over 300,000. Mm-hmm. YouTube about 11,000 subscribers. And then TikTok 70.3 thousand followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a Facebook group as well. How many? I didn't check that one out. How many have you got? Uh, a little over 14,000, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So do you want to tell our listeners exactly what it is that you do? Sure. Uh, man, it's, it's like getting harder and harder as I get older. Uh, in, in <laughs> You're still short, young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in short, uh, the main thing I do is, you know, we, we help people, you know, uh, build and scale online. And I would say the two biggest demographics we work with is we work with tons of uh, trainers. And that's kind of how I started was in the fitness niche. And so that's kind of how I kind of started building my name, so to speak. And then- we also have uh, general, like general business owners, which really to us is just anyone not in fitness. So <laughs> out of those two demographics. All right. Okay. So Instagram is your biggest following. So did you start with Instagram? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I actually uh, 
built, I had a strictly fitness Instagram and I got that to around, I want to say like 50,000 followers. And then I actually started a brand new Instagram. And, um, you know, I, the biggest way I've grown it is just like through shout outs. But I mean, the biggest thing for me is not necessarily the metric it's, you know, the leads we get and the sales we get from it. And so that's always kind of the metric I look at is, is just how much money am I investing? And then how much traffic do I get? And then how much of an ROI, right? And so that might be a little more than you asked for, but yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So <laughs> when did you actually get your first two comma club? Oh, shoot. I want to say that was, uh, like two thought, man, was it 2018, 2018, I think. So it took me about a year. Uh, about a year of, of living in a dungeon and just working all day but yeah it's it, it was that was probably the most rewarding I mean it gets it gets a little less rewarding as you make more and more so that was like the biggest one for me because of like what it took for me to get there so really so you've done all of those in four years then about four years yeah that's that's a massive achievement isn't it really I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it, it felt, it felt the first one felt the biggest though. I'm telling you, like the first one's the biggest. So when you got that first one, were you trying to hit the two comma club or did it just happen? No, I mean, I, I was just trying to hit 10,000 a month. I mean, it was, it was bad at the time for me. Uh, and so it just, it just scaled really fast. And, and then, uh, I basically hit it in a year. And so it wasn't, I mean, I wanted to get there. My goal was to become a millionaire before 27. And I, I didn't really start having any success till I was 25 and a half. So, you know, I guess you could say part of that was the motivation, but it was, it was really, I just didn't want to be broke and uh click funnels was just what I used to get there. And, you know, the rest is kind of history, I guess. So, <laughs> so when you hit the, when you hit that million dollar in sales, did you have a party? Did you celebrate? You know, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I was at, cause I was still living at home. I was still living at home. With my parents, cause I actually moved back home to live with my parents. And so there, it was funny because my parents would say, people would ask, you know, like, why, you know, how's your son doing? Like he's back home. They're like, Oh, he's, he's doing really well actually. <laughs> but I, I just got so busy with the business that I didn't want to take time to move. And so I actually was there for about a little bit longer after I'd done that before I'd actually moved back out again um but yeah no I just I I think I had dinner with my parents or something but it wasn't anything crazy no. <laughs> all right okay so uh, what type of funnel did you what type of funnel did you win with on that first award oh it was awful it was actually a really ugly funnel um it was it was just a I mean it's just a VSL funnel uh right. but kind of the biggest thing that I, I guess kind of like my cheat was I was running all my ads to an opt-in page and, and what we did uh, what I did to start getting success is I just ran it to Messenger. That was right when the Messenger feature came out, right around there. And so I started following up with every single lead because I was so upset because my ads were not working. And so I literally just was like, and I started messaging everyone and then they started converting like crazy. And so uh, even though they were like going through the funnel, like without that follow-up process, it would have never converted at the same level. And so that was kind of how I got, you know, away with like bad funnels, so to speak. So so did you have a messenger bot or was it just sent to messenger and you were chatting with them? Yeah. So it was kind of both. So like that initial message would be an automation. So they click the ad and it'd be an automation, but then I actually myself would manually go in and follow up with every single person. And that, that was kind of how I scaled so fast because, um, I think it's that just personal touch, like, it, and it's just willing to do what other people are not. And so I, I was so frustrated 
<laughs> that I started doing it. I was like, oh my gosh, like working. So I just kept doing it over and over and over again. It like changed everything for me. It was like a huge deal. Yeah. So what were you selling? What were you selling on that one? Yeah, just fitness. It was just getting in shape. So like losing weight, building muscle. Oh, right. um, okay. Yeah, I was actually like, I had does professional modeling. I've been in football my whole life. So my first, you know, I started out not doing any consulting whatsoever. In fact, I, I didn't like consultants. Like I, I had like a huge need with them. Uh, but as that scaled, you know, a lot of trainers, that's kind of how I got in the fitness industry. A lot of trainers started asking me like, dude, like, how are you doing that? And I was like, eh, like, I don't, I don't really want to do that until I, you know, I was a young guy and I started seeing like, wow, there's like all this extra potential. And, and that's actually what finally got me into it. It wasn't my intention to begin with. So. All right. Okay. So let's do a, let's do a little rewind then. Sure. So let's take <laughs> you back to your childhood. Yeah, it's not that long ago because you're still quite young. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, as I've gotten older, yeah. <laughs> so, what 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 was it like when you were a child? What was life like? Yeah, um, so I was raised in a pretty religious household, um, a Mormon household, LDS, you know, however uh, you want to describe it. Um, my dad would be kind of similar to what you would consider like a preacher. And uh, I was the oldest boy. I had two older sisters and then they have, we have two younger girls and two younger boys. There's seven kids. Oh, wow. And my dad was, so my dad was working on a teacher salary. So as we were getting older, you know, he only gave us our bare necessities. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we never got more than we needed. And then they would work us a lot, like, you know, mow, mow the neighbor's lawns or like go clean uh, the high schools. Like my dad, like would teach in these high schools and these colleges and we would go clean them like all of the kids and we're like sitting there cleaning <laughs> so we can make extra money uh, I remember my dad would do power washing and stuff so as a kid I just thought it was normal I hated it but that's just what I thought was normal and so I, I actually am really grateful for my dad now because when I went out and tried to venture off on my own I had a really crazy work ethic I think and I didn't realize that at the time I just thought that was how everyone lived um so it, that, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? Uh, yeah. I just want to play American football. Yeah. Right, I just, okay. just want to be a professional athlete. And so until 22, that's kind of how I attacked business now is what I did then is I just lifted weights and I ran and I lifted weights and I ran. That was my entire childhood. That's what I love to do. Yeah. So did you go to college? I did for a little bit. Yeah. I dropped out with about a year left. Yeah. All right. Okay. And what did you do? I was a petroleum engineer. Um, All right. Okay. So what made you, what made you drop out? Uh, I just realized I didn't want to do that. I, it was easy for me to go. I think when I was playing football, because I was a requirement and I still wanted to have good grades. Cause I just was around a lot of athletes that if they didn't go professional, they were kind of, um, done for, so to speak. Um, but I, I sat down with a mentor and he's like, well, what's your goals? I was like, well, you know, sports is over. I really want to make a lot of money. And he's like, well, dude, you're not going to make more than this with that job, even though it's a, you know, six figure salary. And I was like, well, I, you know, I don't, how do you start a business? Like, like, I don't understand anything. And he basically uh, convinced me to leave school and he mentored me uh, for free, basically from his uh, home garage for like a year and a half. All right. Okay. So how did you, how did you find this mentor then? Yeah, well, so he, he's a good friend of my dad's. And at the time, they were trying to get me back into church. 
<laughs> and so he, he kind of made a deal with me. I broke, I broke this deal and I do feel bad for it, but his, he was like, Hey, look, I'll, I'll show you how to like, you know, do business stuff. If you kind of come back to church more. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely did not keep up my end of the deal. He did. So, you know, bless his heart. But um, I learned a lot. And he, he is actually married to Russell Brunson's, one of Russell Brunson's cousins. And so he knew all about ClickFunnels. That's how I got introduced to it. I, I had no idea what this stuff was. So that's, that was my introduction. All right. So he introduced you to ClickFunnels. Mm -hmm. So then what happened? Yeah. So I, I dropped out with a year left and everyone thought I was stupid, including myself. <laughs> and um, I started just going to his garage every day. And we, we built out an entire product over a year called the Rapid Muscle System. And so I built it like upsells, downsells, the pages, the emails, like, and I didn't know anything. And so this was like more, I learned more in that year and a half than I'd ever learned in school or, you know, university. And um, I didn't make any money, but those were like the building blocks, I think, for my success because I just didn't know any of that stuff. I mean, there was no courses. There's no, there's nothing to teach you that stuff. So it was mind-blowing to me and I was like people just do this and make money he's like yeah man and I'm like man they don't teach any of this in school this is crazy and so that that was that's what I did for a year and a half is I just went to his office every day and built out a product all right yeah. okay so were you building that out in ClickFunnels then yeah I was using ClickFunnels yeah that's how I got into the whole thing yeah so what was he what was what was his business then yeah so he actually ha has had some like I guess various businesses, but the one at the time it was actually an MLM and it was uh, called Send Out Carts. And he was like the number two guy in the whole company. He had done some other businesses before, but he was like, hey man, I'm just, I'm tired of the game. Like I'm just doing this, but I can show you what to do. And so he was actually a huge uh, uh, person in Send Out Cards, which is basically, it's, um, it's an MLM, but it's just, it's literally how it sounds. They send cards to people. And so that's like what he did and he taught other people how to do it and he was like really good at it so all right okay so when did you then when did you start your instagram channel i want to say shoot i didn't really start it until like after i want to say like maybe right after college because that's when i really got into modeling so i want to say like maybe like 21 or no later than 22 but 20 probably 21 ish and um, that's when I was starting to do all the fitness modeling. That's how I originally grew my account because there's just a bunch of people wanting to look at me and my shirt off. Uh, <laughs> but, so I eventually had to start a new account because I'm like, man, no one here is going to buy myself. Just a bunch of people want to date me. Um, but that's how I started. Yeah, about 21. Yeah. So when did you, so when you built your funnel out with this dude in the garage, mm -hmm. then what did you do then? Did you do organic first or did you run ads or what did you do? Yeah, no. So I was completely broke. And that, that was my big downfall because I was selling a $47 product. I'm like, dude, like, how do people get this thing to work? Like, this is terrible. Like no one's buying my stuff. And even if they did buy my stuff, I couldn't pay for anything. And so that was how he had made his money. He had done a lot of low ticket uh, funnels. And so I actually didn't make any money. And I eventually, uh, at this time I was turning about, you know, 24 ish. And I'd, I'd been working with him from 22 to like 23 and a half. I was getting ready to turn 24. So I moved up to Utah, just kind of like, you know, I'm getting older. I need to live my life. And I started doing door-to-door -door sales and I was working as a server and I kept trying to get this business to work and it wasn't working. And I was so frustrated and I'd call him probably five times uh, over that duration. I said, Hey dude, I'm going to quit and go back to school. Like I got a year left. And he's like, dude, don't quit. He's like, if you quit, 
and you go get that job, he's like, you're never going to start your business. He's like, cause you're going to meet a cute girl and she's not going to want you to go backwards and she's going to like your salary. Don't do it. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, so I, I go and I start doing door-to-door sales because I thought in my head, Hey, if I make this money, my business will not work. Cause that's what I, I told myself. That's why it wasn't working. So I go do door-to-door sales. I make okay money, but nothing great. Maybe 10 K a month that I was working, you know, crazy hours, crazy hours. And uh, I get to the close oh, end, uh, security alarms. Right, security okay. alarm. Yeah. And it was, it was tough. That was one of the hardest, I think to this day, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It, it was so hard because it was uncomfortable. It was hot. We are out there eight to 10 hours a day. People are cussing at you. They, I mean, it's just, it's, it's rough. It was rough. It gives so, you good grounding though, door-to-door sales, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I, I mean, it taught me. <laughs> Oh yeah. You, you get real good. Yeah. You get real good because you're, you're selling them stuff they don't want. And so when they finally want your stuff, you're like, wow, this is great. This is easy. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and so at this point I'm about 25 and I remember I was like, man, I've been doing this about three years now and I haven't gone anywhere. So I'm going to give myself till the end of the year. And then if not, I'm going back to school because I just felt like a loser. I mean, I just felt people are like, you got time. And I was like, dude, I did not got time. Like, this is not working. So uh, I was actually scrolling on Facebook before we go out to Aaron. I saw an ad and it was uh, how to build an online fitness business. I was like, dude, like I could do that. <laughs> so I get on the call and they take all the money I have. I've never been on a high ticket sales call. It, it was like five grand. I had like 2000 bucks in my bank account, super broke. <laughs> and I was sweating. I wish you guys could hear the call because it was bad. Like, I was just like, dude, like, I don't know. Like, you know, I, all that stuff. Who was and, it? Do you know, can you remember who it was? Yeah, it was actually, it was actually, uh, I think the program was called Life Changing Cam- Academy. And it was, by Ster- it was from Sterling Griffin, but he, he doesn't even coach anymore. But it was Sterling Griffin. Yeah, if, if that rings a bell. And um, anyways, I, get on, I, I do that and I get in the group and I don't, I don't watch any of the videos or anything. I'm just like, okay, so like, basically you just message people, and like get them on a call and raise my price, right? And they're like, yeah, like sell it for 1500 plus. I was like, all right, cool, got it. And like, I'd done sales for the last eight months. I was like, I got this. So I just go and I start messaging people on my IG and like, I make 10K in a week. And I, I just remember it was like, it was such a great feeling, but I was so disappointed because I was like, man, that's all I had to do for the last three years. Like, what the, you know, I just felt like, what? Like I was so close. Um, and then from there, just everything started taking off. So I think it's ironic because I say like I wasted that time, but the irony is probably if I hadn't gone through those things, I wouldn't have made those sales as fast as I did. And I wouldn't be as good as I am at those things now. So it was probably a blessing in disguise, to be honest. Yeah. So, so what were you selling? Was it, did you make the course already or was it a one-to-one thing or what was it? Yeah. So I would do, uh, it, it was, it was one-to-one, uh, fitness coaching. So basically what I would sell them on is I'd say, Hey, look, I'm going to, um, you know, teach you how to eat in a way that's sustainable for you, teach you how to work out in a way that you like, and then I'll show you how to do it for the rest of your life. So you don't have to, you know, keep paying for trainers over and over again. And that would really get them like, Oh, wow. Like, okay, that sounds great. And then I would sell it on average. Um, I started at 1500, but after a first couple of deals, I was like, all right, like, yeah, they want this. Like I'm going to jack this up. Right. Like it, it's a good deal. And then on average, like I sold it for about 3,200 bucks for four months. And so it was about 800 bucks a month. And that was kind of the sweet spot I found where I could get 
you know, pretty good lead quality and clients, but I wouldn't charge so much that it would just make it the hardest sales call of my life. So, so where were they, where were they coming from? So they were on your Instagram. Were you yeah. putting posts out telling people to message you or what were you doing? I really wasn't. Uh, what I did is I first started, I just started messaging all my followers. Right. Okay. And at this time I built up over the last four years, I hadn't ever sold anything. I just posted a bunch of modeling pictures. So you know, my following was just from that. And so I started messaging people and that's how I got my first followers. Now, once that started running out, or I felt like, dude, like this isn't going to last forever because my following had kind of stagnated at about 50,000. I started doing what's called shout outs and shout outs are a mixed bag. I, I, they're great because it gets you a lot of leads, but obviously not all the leads are perfect. And so it, it just depends on who you talk to and what you want to do with that. Um, but that's how I, I kept going. And then those actually stopped working after a certain point. And so I started turning to Facebook ads and kind of doing that same methodology. Cause what I was think, what I thought was like, well, you know, Facebook ads, I'm running to an opt-in page. Why don't I just try to replicate what I'm doing on Instagram? And that was when the messenger feature came out and I started doing that and it just went bonkers. And uh, then once I figured out paid traffic, I, I really didn't post for about a year. Um, I just ran shout outs and messaged my current followers. I didn't post any content. And the reason was I was so busy with sales calls and messaging. I was like, dude, like, I don't need content. Like these people are like ready to buy. Like I just need to take as many sales calls as I can. So that that's actually like with our clients, we try to make sure they have a good balance. Like, you know, you post some content, but don't like, that's not the most important thing. It's like, we got to make sure you're getting enough messages and, you know, sales calls in. So, so do you want to, if anybody doesn't know what shout outs is, how does that work? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So an average shout out, uh, you'd go to a page. Typically what I will tell my clients to do is, you know, find a page that's got a million plus followers and it's going to be a theme. So just because, you know, we're talking about fitness in this uh, example, let's say I go to a page that's like fitness and nutrition, or it's like, you know, vegan eating or, you know, keto diet or whatever it is that is more ideal for your avatar. And then you, you go go to them, you'll just DM them their rates. You're like, Hey, how much is your rates for a post? And, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's X amount. And we always will ask for their demographics to make sure there's a lot of U.S.-based customers or wherever you're located. Um, we'll usually ask for story views to make sure that they got decent engagement, right? And it's not just a bunch of, like, you know, spam or bots or whatever. And then if those two things are in alignment, we'll pay them. They will post, like, hey, follow at Tanner, you know, at his handle they come to our page and then we'll start hitting them with retargeting ads and we'll start you know starting conversations or they'll you know message me um and or and that's really how i started i mean that was like and it's super super cheap so like you know a facebook lead costs anywhere between you know 10 15 20 bucks you know you could get shout out leads or followers for like 50 cents and so it, it's usually a lot more cost effective and you know some of my clients like they crush they crush with that and it's easier than running ads because they don't have to have a funnel and you know pixels and all these other things so hopefully right. that answers yeah that. that's cool so they charge you just one price for shout out yeah i mean it's going to vary per page because this page might charge 100 or 240 but yeah it's like it's just they usually charge you per post or you can buy a bundle and then you just have to decide if it's worth it and, and really at the beginning you're testing you got to be like Oh, I paid this page. I got three followers. Like that's, I'm never paying them again. Oh, I paid them. I got a hundred. That's, that was a good deal. Like I paid a hundred bucks. I got a hundred. That's $1 per person. And then you just go through those people and you engage, right? Or whoever views your story, you engage or your likes, your comments. Like 
it's just most people that's where they miss the boat is they wait for people to come to them. And I've always been like, no, we got to go to them because door to door, like that's how I sold. I was like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you need this, you need this. And so that's really served me well. And that's really what direct marketing is, is you, you got to kind of be the aggressor versus they're coming more to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, cool. So when you started the Facebook ads, did you do them yourself or did you go to an agency? I did. Um, It's hilarious because I have an agency now, but I tell people like, unless you're doing, you know, probably around, you know, 20,000 a month and you really just don't want, or you really just don't want to do it, you're better off running them yourself because if the agency fee is 5k and you're only spending three grand, you can make $5,000 of mistakes yourself and you probably still get more leads than the agency spending your three grand, you know? And so that's at least my opinion. So like I spent, I didn't hire anyone until I was doing about $20,000 a month of spend. And I just... I just did it in the most logical way I could think of, which was what's the minimum I'm willing or the maximum I'm willing to pay for a lead. And then I just did ad sets with that number. And if it didn't get a lead, I would turn it off and then I would just duplicate it and do different interests. I ran my ads like that up to like 20,000 a month. So it wasn't anything complicated. That's super cool. So what about messenger bots then? When did you add those into the mix? Yeah. So I, I think I added them as soon as they came out. So right when I was trying to figure out ads, I was about six months into it and messenger bots came out and, you know, everyone's like, Oh, these are going to change everything. And, da, da, da. and I didn't know if they were or not, but I was like, well, let me run my ads to it and see what happens. And so when I did, I just was hoping the automations would push them through. Cause that's what I thought. And when it didn't work, I was like, I was getting so mad. I was like, dude, what the, like, I'm going to go talk to these people. And I just started like having combos. And then I started booking all these calls and I was like, dude, and I started making money. I was like, yeah, like who cares about the funnel? Like I'm just going to have conversations with these people. And that's how I scaled my business because I could not get my regular funnels to work without messaging people. They just, they just would not convert no matter what it seemed uh, for me to try. So. Okay. So how long did you stick with that fitness until you moved into the next stage? Yeah, uh, probably about a year and a half. And then I started having all these trainers just like ask me because I got my ClickFunnels award. And then people were like, dude, like that guy does fitness. Like he doesn't do business coaching. Like da, 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 you know? And I was like, guys, like I do not want to get into business coaching. Like, you know, I was like adamant against it. Uh, but people just kept asking. And I was like, dude, shoot. Like, and I was like, how much are you gonna? How much are you willing to pay? And they were like, "Oh, I'll pay you like ten grand." I was like, 10 grand," because <laughs> you know I was getting eight hundred bucks a month for fitness, and so I was still good money. But I was like, "Dang!" And so that's really how it started off. And then as that grew, I started getting people outside of fitness who were like, "Well, can you like help me here?" And so it wasn't that wasn't my plan. It just kind of fell on my lap. And um, you know, in hindsight, I think if I'd been more skilled, I, I wouldn't have had to do that because I, I kind of came to a crossroad with fitness where I wasn't sure how to keep scaling it. I got to about 150,000 a month and it was like kind of stuck, uh, but it's all worked out. It's been like a huge blessing. So, but yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah. Why were you adamant that you didn't want to do the coaching? Uh, well, man, it's tough now because like, I, I understand it's, it's one of those things until you're doing it, it's hard to know like how hard it is, you know, but I just had a lot of bad experiences and like I would pay and I, I would like, I felt I was doing everything they said. Like I was like their best client. That's at least how I felt. 
And so when I didn't get results, I was like, man, like I'm a, I play divisional football. Like I'm a petroleum engineer. Like I work like 16 hours a day. Like if I can't do it, like I know most of your clients, like they're probably struggling. That's at least what I thought. And so I spent, I was, I was working 16 hours a day, making sales for free messaging like crazy. And I was getting, I was literally getting arthritis in my fingers. It was like funny. Now it was not funny at the time. And the doctor's like, dude, like you got to like lay off. Like you're, your, your muscles are tired, like stop. And, um, but I was taking all the money I made and I was giving it to coaches. And so now my parents are like, dude, like you're busting your butt. And then like, you're paying these guys 10 K 15 K five grand. And like, then you're not getting anything out of it. And so it was really hard for me at the time. Cause I didn't know if it was me or if it was the methodology. And I was just like, no, like, it's gotta be me. It's gotta be me. Like, I know like this works for other people. Um, but when I started getting success, it was basically doing the opposite of what I've been told. And, and it's still great learning. Like I, I don't regret it at all, but at the time when you're, you know, a young broke kid, you're very angry, right? Like you just feel like, Oh, like it's your fault and all this stuff. So I was like, F these guys, like, I'm never going to do what they're doing. Like da, 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 da. And, um, I think what kind of convinced me though, is like, kind of what I said to you is like, other people were going to programs and struggling. And so I was like, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, but I was like, you know what? They're better off with me if I can show them exactly what I did than if they pay someone else who's never built like a fitness business, right? Because I had these trainers like going to people like, dude, like he, he hasn't done that. Like he's had business success, but it was like hiring Michael Jordan to teach them golf. That's how I viewed it. And so that was how I justified it, at least. Like, you know, that's how in my head I said, I'm the good guy, they're the bad guys, right? And as I matured, you know, I've learned things are more gray than black and white. But at the time, I was pretty young and upset, so. <laughs> so when you started doing that, were you doing it one-to-one? -one? Yeah, uh, it was one-to-one. -one, and then I would record the calls and I put them in my uh, portal. And uh, it was kind of funny because... <laughs> there used to be jokes when I was on the come up about how like bad the videos were in my portal and it wasn't they were bad videos but I would be like tank top like coughing just like yeah guys like because I was just grinding and I didn't like I was like it's good enough like it's good enough so me and my team actually like this last year and a half like we had to go back and like reduce like the whole portal because there were people who like it wasn't bad per se but like do like it's like Tanner, like coughing up a lung and stuff on the video. Like, can he do, do this when he's not sick or something? So that's how, yeah, that's how I did it. I just was really efficient. So I wouldn't, I don't know if it was the best way to do it, but it was very, very efficient. That's how I moved so fast. And I've gotten like, you know, a lot of awards so quickly just because it was just speed, 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 speed. And, and that's what I really, that's my strength. And then I have, you know, people are better at operations and you know, making stuff look nice to assist me now. So. so when did you start building your team out to help you then? Oh man, when I just realized I couldn't handle anymore. So I think it was around, it was right around when I was doing about probably 60 or 70 K a month where I, I was working 16, 18 hours a day and I was messaging everyone. I was calling everyone. I was doing all the fulfillment. And so then I hired my brother. He started doing fulfillment. And then my next hire was a messenger. And then my third hire was a sales rep. And then I kept running the ads until we were doing probably, and I ran my own ads until we were doing probably 300 a month. And then I hired it out finally. But those are my first three hires. Two of them were my brothers. And then the other uh, person 
her name is Kim. She's, she's been with me the entire ride. So she was there from the beginning. So, yeah. So are your brothers still with you now? They are. Yeah, they are. Luckily they, uh, I'm probably harder on them than the rest of my team. And, you know, a lot of people warn me against it. Um, but luckily I just think how our dad raised us, we like, we just work really hard. And so it's worked out because if I get someone who works hard, it's like the rest usually takes care of itself. So. Yeah, definitely. So you, what your company now is called elite CEOs. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So did you get the 25 K and the 10 K with that business, with that coaching model? Yeah. So the first, like the first couple million was strictly from fitness. And then, um, after that, it started segueing more into the business. And I, I was running the businesses simultaneously until I realized like, I'm not good enough to be doing that. Like it, it's just it, because you basically have two teams and two operations. And so once, once the, uh, the, the other, the new business, excuse me, starts surpassing the fitness business, that's when I was like, this makes more sense logically for where I'm at, what's happening now. And that's kind of when I went all in on it. All right. Okay. So what about COVID when that hit? How did that, how did that affect you? Did that boost you? It did. Yeah, we, we crushed. And I feel bad for a lot of people because I know that wasn't the case, but I mean, it was built for my business. You know, it was like, how to, how to build an online business. It's like COVID. It's like, <laughs> so it, it, it fortunately, I mean, I think at the time, and one of my friends said this, he's like, when we're doing well, we take too much of the credit. And when we're doing bad, we take too much of the blame. And I think we peaked right when COVID hit. And so we had some gigantic months. I mean, massive. And uh, we still we still do very well, but those were some of the biggest months I've ever had. All right. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think's been your biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome so far? Oh, man. I think it's probably everyone's hurdle at a certain point. It's just building a great team. And, and it starts with yourself. The hard thing, the hard thing is like, <laughs> as you become more experienced, you realize it's all about other people. And then when you can't assemble the team you want, or they're not doing what you want them to do, you always have to look inside and basically accept the fact that you're not the person you need to be yet. So that's been to the, I mean, it's still hard to me for this day because I, I would say I have an ego. And so I'm always trying to kind of tame that ego. And it's something that I'm always working on to try to become better because, you know, I have a tendency to be like, oh, it's so easy. You know, why can't you do it? And this and that. And I've, I've really, I've gotten better, but when I get stressed, sometimes I'll fall back into that. And so I have to really check myself to just be a better leader because, you know, people want to work for great leaders. They don't want to work for someone who's like a bad leader or they don't do what they're expecting them to do. And so it's, I would say it's that it's just building a great team because when I do it myself, like, yeah, I'm going to crush, but there's only so much work I can do. So, yeah. So how many have you got in your team now? Oh man. <laughs> I want to say it's around 70 ish. Uh, yeah. It fluctuates up and down, but I mean, there's, yeah, our payroll's getting there. It's, it's up there. Like I notice a chunk goes out every month, <laughs> it, but it's, it's fun. It's, we got a pretty good team and I got some solid people around me. So it's, it's always, you know, it's always a journey. You're always trying to get better, but it's, we got about 70. Yeah. And are they all remote? Yeah, right now they're all remote. Um, you know, we've had talks about, you know, making it centralized, but I think I'm open to it. I guess it's just, it's been convenient, right? And so maybe the next step for me to continue to grow is do what's not convenient. But right now everyone is remote, yeah. 
And are they all in the U.S. or are they in different parts of the world? Most are in the U.S. We also have a we also have a good chunk in Canada. Uh, okay. We make jokes about Canada. Um, I'm not her- sure how that came about, uh, but we started getting a lot of people from Canada. Um, and then we have a couple foreign. You know, we have a couple foreign, but most I would say most are USA or Canadian based. Yeah. Okay, so thinking back now, has there ever been a time where you thought about giving up? Oh yeah, like <laughs> oh, yeah, hundreds of times. I, I think I think the most prominent times though was when I wasn't having any type of success. And um, I've told people that I said, you know, hey, my opportunity cost if I had quit, which I almost did, w- would be well over forty million dollars today. And and that's crazy because as humans, we never think about that. We just think. Well, this program is going to cost me this much. And like, this is going to do this, this is going to do that. But it's like, you, we never think about the upside and what we'll lose if we don't do it. And so, yeah, that was, I was glad I had a good mentor because he was like the only person who believed in me, including my family. My own family was kind of like, dude, you're like, you're kind of off your rocker. And uh, he would, when I would get really low, I would call him and he'd just be like, hey, bro, like, I know, but he's like, it's going to pass. He's like, you have all the intangibles. Like, I know I tell you that, like you can do it. And I would just like, you know, suck it up. I was like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, another three or four months would go by and I call him again. And he just kind of kept me on. So when I finally hit success, like I'm, I'm internally grateful to him because without him, I don't think I'd be here. So people who don't have a ment, who somebody, people haven't got anybody to talk to. It's going to be a lot more difficult than if you've got somebody on your, on your side, keeping you going. Sure. I mean, I think for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think you have to have someone, but I think it helps. And I think even if the, even if it's just someone who likes supports you, um, that helps. I, I think that's also why sometimes coaching programs are helpful because you're around other people who are going the same direction as you. And it's, it's hard when everyone just, you're not, you're not having success. And then on top of that, everyone's like, you're dumb. That's stupid. Why are you doing that? That's like, it's not working, you know, and it's, it's hard because even if you're very resilient, eventually you're like, I mean, dude, like they got a point, like I'm, I'm spending, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. And I have a really terrible side job to make, you know, pay my bills and it's not working. And so for me, I was stepping away from what I thought. I was like, man, I could be making 125 grand a year and I'm making 36 a year and I'm working this job that doesn't make me anything. And, you know, as, as you get older, it gets harder because, you know, people start judging you more and, you know, like I couldn't take girls on dates. I, I had a crappy apartment. I wasn't proud of my car and, you know, they're like, yeah, what do you do? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I got a business and they're like, oh, what else do you do? Like, yeah, like I work at Olive Garden and, you know, it's, it's ego. And so it's, it, I'm glad I was able to kind of like push that aside, but it, it's hard, especially being a former athlete, because that's where all my like self-worth was in. And so it was hard to go from like being like this superstar athlete that everyone admired to like, yeah, like you're not that important. So. Okay. So apart from all the awards that you got hanging on the back of your wall, (laughs) what do you think has been your biggest achievement? Oh man. Uh, You know, like, I think the biggest blessing for me is like being able to help my family. Um, I'm actually not the biggest fan. I'm not, I'm not, not a fan, but sometimes like, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest fan of like Grant Cardone, but um, right before I started having some success, I read his book 10X 
And there was like a quote in there that said something like, you know, it's your duty to take care of your family and you, you, you're the one who has to do it. You can't expect anyone else to do it. And I just remember growing up, like we weren't poor per se, but we never had more than enough. And I just like, didn't want to live that way when I grew up where it was always like paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't want my family to worry. And so I kind of took that upon myself to like kind of lead the way. And so I think I'm most proud of the fact that I've been able to help my family by giving them jobs that also benefits me. But it's like, if they're willing to do the work, I can benefit and bless their life. And so it just gives me kind of some comfort to know that they're going to be taken care of because they're working for me. And so that's probably like my biggest accomplishment that actually means the most, you know, the awards or whatever, but that probably is what means the most to me. That's really nice. Do they, and how do they feel? How do they feel working as their, their brother's the boss? I, it depends on the day. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hard on them just because I think it's two parts. Like I know what they are capable of. And then I think the other part is I don't ever want my team to think I'm favoring my family. Um, and so I, I push them extremely hard because I, and I'll do it in front of the team if I have to, because I want them to know, like, I'll treat everyone the same. Yeah. So they're grateful. I know they'd say that, but I definitely, some days they probably don't like me very much, but you know, I, I told them when they came into the business, I said, look, like I'll, I'll help you, but you've got to do the work and I'm not just going to give you a handout because you're my brother and they've done that. And so it's worked out. It's worked out really well. I would say it's rare though. So most people watching this, like usually working with your family does not work out, but I, it has for us. So I'm blessed, you know, we've been very lucky. So that's really good. So what about, do you have a morning routine that you do? Yes, I do. Um, it's, it's either one or two things. I either wake up and I immediately go to the gym and then I'll come back and I'll start working or I will get up and I will start working and then I'll go to the gym. And it may not sound like much of a morning routine, but I think for me, like, um, a lot of people, they'll fill their mornings with so many tasks and so many things that by the time they get done, it's like, I mean, dude, like you could have done that like three hours of work by now, you know, like you've just done all these other tasks. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying for me personally, what's really helped me move the needle. is like, I get so much done in such a short amount of time. I'm very efficient. And so like what I can get done in eight hours is what some people, you know, won't get done all day. And I've just done that by, okay, like I'm going to get up. I have all my stuff written out. And I just go boom, 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 boom. And it's just like a checklist for me. And so I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. That's just kind of what I've done. So do you plan your day or your tasks then? Do you plan them the day before or how do you plan that? I, I try to, yeah. Like I, I try to write it down before I go to bed and, and I, I do the most important stuff first and then the, you know, smaller stuff later. I'm actually in the, you're going to laugh probably, but I'm in the process of hiring my first ever executive assistant, which is crazy. And my team is like, dude, you should have had this like, you know, years ago. Uh, but they're like, dude, you need like someone to take, like kind of plan your day because you're trying to just continually do too much. And, um, I can get it done, but they're like, I mean, if you're working, you know, if you're doing 16 hours a day, you got an executive assistant, we can cut some of that off and stuff. So, um, I do try to at least just bullet point out what I have. And then when I get this executive assistant, my goal is that he can take those bullet points and kind of put them in slot. So I'm even more efficient. So I just look at my calendar and it's like, you know, all in front of me and I can bake it out even, you know, faster, I guess. So 
you don't still work 16 hour days now though, do you? It some days I do. Really? Uh, I, I will say this, I don't have to. I don't have to. Um, I, I came to a realization that I do, I realize I do enjoy work. And I think I just get fulfill, fulfillment from growth and, and trying to push myself and be the best I can be. So I, don't get me wrong, like, you know, my girlfriend's constantly trying to balance me out. She wants, you know, hey, let's go on some dates, let's go to dinner. Uh, but I, there's only so much of that I can do until I'm like, okay, like, you know, what's my mission or what, what do I feel like my purpose is? And I, I feel the most alive when I'm trying to grow and build businesses and try to push myself. Um, you know, because like, you know, you party, you can only party so much until it's like, okay, like, you know, what else are we going to do besides this? So I, I don't do it every day. Uh, but there are days where, you know, I'll get up at 430 and I'll go to bed at, you know, nine or 10. And, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, it's like, I, I enjoy it. But uh, I, it's definitely a choice at this point. When I started, yeah. I didn't feel like I had a choice. I felt like I must do or die. You know, it was like death. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay so what 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 are you focusing on for the rest of this year yeah uh i have i have a lot of portfolio companies now and so those are either some of my top clients or just people i feel have ceo potential and i'm really trying to kind of grow that and i think over the next year year and a half my goal is to step out of my business not not where i'm the owner but where i'm the face and bring someone else in kind of go to the next level i think that's the next step for me is to become kind of an owner slash investor versus the ceo and so i'm pretty scared uh i think i sometimes get a little micromanaging but i know that's kind of the next goal so that's kind of where we're at is like kind of replacing me making sure the whole business is just like systematized fully and um basically where it's, it's, it's sellable at the highest value. I'm not saying I will sell, but I'd like it to be at a point where someone comes in and they're like, so Tanner, like how involved are you? And I'm like zero so that it could sell at the highest value. And that, that to me is kind of like just the next stage for me. I'm not saying any that's for anyone else, but it gets me excited. And that's what I feel like is the next step for me. So. All right. Okay. Fantastic. So I got one last question for you. Yeah. If you were going to be an animal for 24 hours, what would you be and why? Oh, man. I, you know, I, I'll say a white tiger, and I wish I had a better answer. But I, just think, I just think they look cool, and they're super big and powerful, and that, that's just always been, like, my favorite animal. Because I remember going to the zoo, and I always see tigers and lions, but then I saw a white tiger, and I just thought it was so much cooler uh, than the other ones. So, you know... Outside of that, if it wasn't going to be that, it'd probably be like a, some type of bird just so I could fly. But I've always been, I've always said white tigers like my favorite animal. Awesome. Okay. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having me. You, you, you kept me busy. I, I love to talk. And so this is. <laughs> so if anybody wants to find out more about what you do, where do they need to go? Yeah, you just go to my social media or you can go to EliteCOs.com. That's kind of our main website. And you can like read up on, you know, our clients and customers and what we do. But those are probably the two best places. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please take a moment to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast software. It really helps us rank the podcast and get more listeners. And if you're over on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell. 
Every Friday, 8am GMT, we release a brand new episode. And until then, have a good one.